What happens when a Democrat and a Republican sit down for an interview together? Fireworks. Fight club. Sage, this is State Street. Have a little bit more faith in us. I'm Sean Higgins. And I'm Sage Miller. This week on the show, we're wrapping up the season. Two freshman lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle sit down to compare notes on the last seven weeks of casting votes and passing bills. I don't want to spoil too much, but listening to this conversation actually helped restore some of my faith in politics. These and ours can get along, people. They sure can. The Utah legislative session can take a lot out of you. But these two lawmakers managed to get through it and come out the other side as pals. That's ahead. You're listening to State Street. Support for State Street comes from the Hinckley Report podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the biggest political headlines in the Beehive State. Find new episodes of PBS Utah's The Hinckley Report every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to State Street. I'm Sean Higgins. And I'm Sage Miller. For all you loyal listeners out there, you'll remember we also started this season with a conversation between a Republican and a Democrat. Freshman Republican Trevor Lee was entering his first session as a GOP lawmaker. We sat him down with Democrat Carol Speckman Moss, the longest serving woman in Utah legislative history. They talked about why they got into politics, what they expect from the session, and what kind of legislation they wanted to run. This week, we have two different lawmakers behind the mic, Democrat Sahara Hayes and Republican Anthony Lubey. And honestly, Lubey, funny dude. He cracked more than one joke on the House floor, got all those serious lawmakers giggling up a storm. And so with that, I conclude my presentation. Oh, actually, JK. The... Gotta be, I was trying to think of something. Cl- I've just never heard someone say JK in here before, but I... LOL. Both Lubey and Hayes just finished their first session up on Capitol Hill and sat down to trade stories and decompress after a grueling session. I'm Sahara Hayes. I represent House District 32. Anthony Lubey. I represent District 27, and that covers the areas of Magna, the west side of West Valley City, uh, Kearns, West Jordan, and I also cover Copperton. Okay, well, on that note, then, I cover part of Sugar House, Mill Creek, and South Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured most people don't know anything yeah, about the numbers. Yeah, no, that's fair, especially because they just, like, put them in a thing and shook them up and made them all weird, so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you made it through your first session, Sahara. <laughs> oh, Representative Hayes. You can call me Sahara. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling so much better. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I have energy again because it's not just session, right? It's like session plus a year of campaigning that came before that. It was sort of like have a really busy, chaotic year where you're going to learn a lot and meet a lot of people and it's going to be awesome, but you're also going to be really, really tired. So I feel like I'm sort of just getting back to myself in a really fun way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Man, you're really enjoying <laughs> the end of the session I'm already. really enjoying are you not what are you how are you feeling oh I'm still having a little bit of that post session like coming down so a little bit of the the stress you know of like okay what emails do I still need to mm-hmm. to go through and then going through all the mail that's accumulated and paying all the bills <laughs> so trying to get caught up on life before I get back to work um okay Anthony yes describe your first session in a sentence Interesting. That's a word. Interesting, period. 
Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, in fairness, I am an attorney, right? So, like, the three years of law school is summarized by the words, it depends. Okay, if you had to come up with at least five words minimum, what would it be? Five word minimum? Yeah. Okay. It was an exciting time and probably one of the most stressful uh, in a long time. See? That was really well done. Thank you. Yeah. Now your turn. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to pull at you and say polite chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty... (laughs) Descriptive. Yeah, it's like so. we're all just headless chickens trying to figure things out, but we're in business suits. Yes, yes. I remember I had lunch with Senator McKay and Senator Kennedy, and he described the House as Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're all forming factions and we're trying to, and those groups change, right, depending yeah. on yeah, yeah, yeah. what the issue is. And then he said the Senate is like a murder mystery. Like your bill's dead. Oh. You have a room full of suspects. Nobody's saying anything. Um, although he did say that you're supposed to be happy about it. <laughs> so that's one difference. But a mystery. Oh, thank you. You killed my bill. Um, so, yeah. That's the polite part of polite chaos. Yes. So. There you go. <laughs> no, it's true, though. I feel like it's very, um, the whole thing is kind of high school, just at a very heightened and important level. Right. Little factions, but then. You know, if it's us against the Senate, we all we all rally for that. So, yeah. Well, not only was this your first rodeo, <laughs> but it was a record-breaking session—the biggest budget, the biggest tax cut, the largest amount of bills passed. How does it feel to be a part of Utah history? I mean, I think it's interesting because this is the standard that I'm measuring things by. <laughs> it's all downhill right. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, I mean, you're in the same boat. Like, we haven't done this before. So it's kind of nuts because it just goes by so quickly, right? Like, you debate a huge bill and then it passes and then we're on to asbestos or whatever is next. Right. So, like, it, it feels cool, but it's also, it's just go, go, go. So I don't, I, there's not really time to process it. Right. And those first two weeks we had were really heavy and we were getting new information Mm -hmm. and things were changing like crazy and so we're trying to learn what we're supposed to do and then somehow process all of this and yeah that was intense yeah did you have a hard time emotionally processing as things were happening because i felt like i did but uh yes especially those two weeks because and you were probably getting the same hundreds of emails on both sides of issues and there was no making everyone happy. Yep. You had to choose a side. And a lot of the people hear about a bill. And that bill, when it starts out, is drafted one way. And it goes through a process of people negotiating to get things added or taken away in order to get support and hit a certain number of votes. And so the bill that eventually passes can be drastically different than the first bill. But the public doesn't know that. Yep. They just know the key talking points. They only get the the bite size. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's interesting because I feel like the further on you get in the session, the more it's sort of a um, like a this for that thing. Like I, we were in a committee one time, and somebody um, in my caucus leans over and goes, "I need to vote yes on this because so and so is going to influence how my bill goes later." But I think we need a no vote. Can you be the no vote? Wow. Right. Yeah. 
So it's, I don't know, there's a lot of dynamics that go into voting that I wasn't necessarily expecting. <laughs> I, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I felt like a lot of the representatives were trying to represent their constituents. Yes. Right. But everybody's constituents is different. My area is different than your area. Mm-hmm. And our areas are drastically different than rural Utah. I mean, to be somewhat frank, you know, I love rural Utah, but my, my loyalty is to my area sure, first. Sure, and sure. so, you know, unless there's something that can help benefit my area, I'm not likely to support a rural cause, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, and I'll support a rural cause unless it's at some point a detriment to my area. Fair. Yes. So it's like, if it's something that, like, I can't even remember. You remember that cow artificial insemination bill? I just, I didn't know what was going on with that at all. Yes. But I heard way too much than I ever wanted to know about cow artificial insemination. Yes. Right? Like, that doesn't really affect most people in my district. So in that situation, I'm going to do the thing that helps the people that it does help because there's no harm. I feel like it's like a do no harm thing, but the priority of no harm is the people that I represent. Yeah, that's good. Lupe. Yes. Okay. How did you come to the conclusion to vote in favor of SB 16? Well, I, you and I talked about this during the session. I mean, this was a really difficult decision. I mean, my kids have friends that identify as transgender at the high schools and, you know, I've had, uh, some friends I've met with that are transgender. And um, it was really a challenge. And I felt like to me, one of the things about it that was unique is that you had another bill, right? You had HB 132, I think it was. And um, that one was drastic. It was no no hormones, no surgeries, and then liability to to doctors. Well, sure. And this one did the same, but it, it applied, the, the other one you're talking about applied retroactively. Right. So the one, so SB 16 that did pass allows kids that are already undergoing HRT um, to continue. Yes. And I knew on our side that there was a strong desire to pass one of these two bills. It wasn't that both wouldn't pass. It was which one. It was hard because the bill Definitely went from the House. I felt like it was going in a good direction. And when it went to the House floor, Representative Ray Ward did a great job summarizing the good and the bad. Um, And uh, a lot of the things that he represented, I felt the same way that there was parts of it I wasn't a huge fan of. There's parts that I I did like, like the study part, again, information. And and I also like the idea that right now there's people that have credentials, have experience, in, in working with people that are, are going through um, transgenderism. And then there's people that don't. And they're writing prescriptions and stuff like that. And I do like the idea of trying to help people know where they can go to for options. Mm-hmm. And so that was one part I, I appreciated. But yeah, that's why I, I guess uh, the one part about that is when you're negotiating bills, as you know, if you get something that you wanted, you you either vote yes on it to keep it in there or you vote no and then it gets taken out. Mm-hmm. And so um, at some point in time, you got to look at it and say, if I get this put in there, if I vote yes on this, is it in a going in the right direction than if I vote no? Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. Okay. So it's, it's one thing that's interesting. I think that people think, you know, vote no or vote yes on a bill. They don't realize that, well, 
if we can try to take a bill and move it in a, in a direction, sometimes it's worth to do that and still vote yes, even though you might not be happy with the overall results, it's in a better position uh, than if it if it didn't go through that. Sure. Well, especially if something's already going to pass yeah. and you can get it into a form where it's more like, e- even if you don't love it or even necessarily like it, if you can get it better, that's how I see it. If something's already going to pass and you can make it a little bit better for the people it impacts, then you should. But now, uh, <laughs> going to your side of this, because you had a different experience. Yes. Would you like to share that? Yeah. Um, that was hard. That was probably one of the hardest days there just because it was a very um, anti-trans session overall. And I have some trans loved ones. So um, watching my colleagues vote for it, I think it was expected, but it's still hard. Right. It's like, OK, yeah. because, it, you know, I know you. Right. And I know you and I know a lot of the people in that room. And I know that we have different ideas, but it's like, OK. I'm still watching a bill pass that I know is going to hurt people, and I know that it's going to hurt people that I love. Um, and I think that's specifically hard. Like, And it's interesting because different bills have different flavors to them. Like That was really hard, but then um, SB, I think it was 93 in the last few days. That one was actually really hard as well, even though that was a less mm, harmful bill, I would say. That's the one that... Um, it keeps trans kids from updating their birth certificates. Right. Just because that one felt so hard to justify. Like, I can see the need for a medical study. I don't think that you necessarily need to take away kids' health care while they're getting a study. I think you can study it in conjunction with it. Um, but that one just feels unnecessarily punitive. Um, and so, like, listening to the rhetoric that people use, especially when tra- um, describing the transgender population, like, that specifically is so hard because it feels pretty dehumanizing a lot of the time and it's like at what point are you saying we're trying to pass a law to make things better and at what point are you just trying to make trans people not exist so it's hard i hope i think it's going to take a uh, it's going to take a while i think to recover from this session in that regard yeah so uh well i've appreciated <laughs> you being there in your you perspective too. so you too. i appreciate you asking questions just so you know like oh good you bet you're a good egg. Thank you. <laughs> and just for the record, when I say when she says that, it's because not the questions necessarily here, but when we were up yes. there. Yes. So, yes. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate you for working to better understand. Thank you. Yeah. I, it, one thing I think that's wonderful here in Utah is that there's a lot of, regardless of party affiliation, I think we have, like I consider you a friend, mm-hmm. right? And you know, it doesn't matter what your party affiliation is to me. And I think that's true for a lot of the people up there. Um, and so I think that's one nice thing that's great about our legislature is that we're able to kind of work on issues regardless of party affiliation. Yep. That's honestly almost the easy part. It's like, oh, you find somebody and then you find the thing to talk about with them and then you're having a conversation and it's easy to remember that they're, it, it's easier to remember that they're more than the person who voted no on the thing that matters to you. Right. Like, and I think that's kind of, the hard thing with politics in general, especially, I mean, coming into this from the outsider perspective, it's like, okay, you know, everybody is that one person that was quoted in the newspaper for saying this one awful thing that they got the soundbite of, or the person who ran that one bill that you really hate or that you really love. And then it's like, oh, you're actually a dynamic human being that I get to work with. You're so much more than that soundbite. And that's, that part's really cool. Yeah. 
So uh, what are you doing to celebrate the end of the 45 days? Um, well, I repotted all my house plants, but I don't think that counts as a celebration. You party animal. I know. Going crazy with my baby pileas. Yes. So. That's why people think legislators are such party animals. I know. Mm-hmm. We we just throw raves with the aloe. That's right. Yep. I am uh, uh, seeing my six kids again. Um, well, that's that's reasonable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, who, who are you? I'm like, I'm your Who's dad. Who's this tall man? You're alive? No, that's not that bad. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's great getting... <laughs> I did find out my son was like the president, the elect, president-elect for band. And that happened like a few weeks toward, before the end. And they thought they told me. Aww. And I'm like, no, nobody told me. Because <laughs> we were so, I was up there yeah. busy. So that was like congratulations, end of week son. five. We were getting really weird at that point. So Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations to your son. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then he got his permit. Didn't know that about that either. So. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, it's a, it's it's it. There's a sacrifice. I mean, people I don't know uh, yeah. really understand that when we go up there, it's it takes a lot. It takes a lot. I don't know. I feel like I just came out of hibernation, or like I don't know. I crystallized, and now I get to go fly. <laughs> Some fun, fun metaphor like that. Like right, right. It's like oh, my life's back. That's right. Well, Sahara, it's always a pleasure talking with you. You too. And like, thank you for this, but also just being such a joy to have around on the hill. Like I don't know. I'm so glad. That we're serving together because <laughs> it's, it's fun and I like that, you know, you're a colleague that I can trust. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. That was Democrat Sahara Hayes and Republican Anthony Lubay. Don't cry because it's over. Cry tears of joy because we made it through. I cried both. But even though the session is over, there's plenty more Utah politics. And we'll be back for season five a little bit later this year. Sean and I will continue bugging lawmakers. The legislature will have interim sessions throughout the rest of the year and maybe even a special session or two if something happens that needs their attention. If you missed anything this season, don't worry. You can still find all episodes of State Street in your podcast feed or at KUER.org. You can also check out our reporting and the reporting of our amazing newsroom colleagues anytime you want at, you guessed it, KUER.org. And if you have questions you'd like us to dig into about how the wacky world of Utah politics works, drop us a line. Email us at statestreetkuer at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. We're at one word, State Street KUER. That does it for this season of State Street. I'm Sage Miller. And I'm Sean Higgins. Okay, Sage, I know it's been our thing this season to shout out each member of the State Street team for all the awesome work they do. So this week, I wanted to give you a shout out. You've been the most amazing reporting partner and co-host I could have asked for. You bring humor to every recording session, and you work so hard to bring everyone the best information possible. I'm lucky to have you as a co-host and a friend. Sean, you beat me to the punch. (laughs) Honestly, I couldn't have done any of this without you. You are a wrecking ball in like the best way possible. You level me out on every scenario. I am like a million times more chaotic and you are 100% a stable force to be reckoned with. So thanks. Thank you. The show's executive producer is Caroline Ballard. Editing and production support comes from David Childs and KUER news director Elaine Clark. 
Our digital team includes Jim Hill, Renee Bright, Raquel Davis, and Eleanor Gomberg. State Street is a production of KUER. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It helps other listeners find State Street. See you next season. What do you think was the funniest moment? Uh, yeah, so the time that, uh, bless his heart, Representative Stratton tried really hard to say the words, world's largest organism, and he did not say organism. Can we say orgasms on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good... We're getting the thumbs up. <laughs> From KUER.